0: You are listening to Inside Healthcare, a podcast presented by NCQA. Hi there, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Inside Healthcare. Today, we bring you a special edition featuring the winners of NCQA's PCMH CCE Quality Award. Now, this podcast was recorded live at the PCMH Congress in 2019. These folks are doing an amazing job improving the quality of healthcare in their own environments. First up is a brief chat with Thomasina Barnes of New York Health and Hospitals. First of all, Thomasina, thank you for being with us and welcome to PCMH Congress and congratulations. Thanks you are the much. second winner of the CCE Quality Awards this year. Congratulations. What do you think it was that got you nominated this year?
1: I would say that all of my years of working uh, doing PCMH. So I started at New York City Health and Hospitals doing PCMH from the very first iteration of the standards, so the 2008 standards. And mainly my relationships that I built with all of our site leads. So we have over 32 practice sites, and I'm extremely reachable. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) Accessible.
1: Yeah, accessible. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Extremely accessible. So people know that they can reach me via, you know, like a text messaging or by phone or if I need to make, you know, uh, practice visits. Um, I'll do that and they can always reach me like after hours. So I think it's a lot of that Um, and then just my knowledge about PCMH.
0: Let's start. Why don't you describe uh, how many practices you have and and how many have achieved recognition and uh, sort of give us the update of what's going on in New York City Health.
1: There are currently 32 practice sites that um, are 2014 Level 3 recognized and there will be a few more that will be added under the 2017 standards. And going on currently, um, so we're practice sites that are adult medicine, pediatrics, virology, um, and geriatric practices.
0: As a CCE, there's more to it than knowing the structure of PCMH and knowing the standards, Mm -hmm. isn't there? There is a spiritual leadership component. Tell me about that.
1: So I would say in terms of being a CCE to practice sites, um, besides just knowing all of the standards, the ins and outs of things like that, you have to be able to explain them to the practice sites and to the site leads because it's we mainly work with site leads that are then going back to their individual practices um, and and coaching their practices, so coaching the providers, coaching the administrators, coaching the leadership on what needs to be you know met for the application standards and then for transformation overall. So. Me being a CCE and having that close relationship with all of my site leads helps them to be able to grow, learn PCMH better and to be able to convey that to their practice sites.
0: Why do you do this type of work? What what drives you?
1: The patients. Really? um, The patients. So making those changes for the patients is what drives me, yeah.
0: Do you directly see patients?
1: I do not directly see patients, but um, when I started with New York City Health and Hospitals, I was um, working with programs where I was directly um, referring patients to other programs. Um, so I having that touch point with, with patients and seeing how I've impacted their lives has helped me a lot. Um, also, you know, New York City Health and Hospitals is the largest public health care system in the nation. So, you know, we serve a specific clientele, you know, and being able to help those patients that are...
0: In many cases, the most vulnerable. Yes,
1: the most vulnerable. Um, that's really what drives me. Yeah.
0: It's interesting to me that it's the patients that drive you, but Mm -hmm. in your everyday work, you really don't have the touch point, Mm -hmm. but you know. Mm -hmm. How do you know?
1: Um, I was actually born at one of our facilities, so I've been a patient there too. (laughs) (laughs) So that's one way. And then, you know, just friends and family that have also, you know, served, um, Mm -hmm. have visited our, our facilities, you know. So I know how the different, the different ways that that's impacted them. So in the sense of coming to the clinics, depending on the wait time of the clinics or depending on the specialty you know, referrals. And so everything that has to be patient-centered in the sense of I can get into my appointment on time, I can get out, um, uh, get out of my appointment on time, I can have all of my services coordinated for me. So just seeing how that has um, progressed over the years and changed and become definitely more patient-centered is, is a driver.
0: Talk to me about cons- consistency. I mean, because it sounds like to me since 2008, You've been pretty consistent about patient-centered care. Yes. It matters. It
1: does. Yeah. In what way? So you have to be focused on patient-centered care, you know, they're, they're your bread and butter. It's the patients. Without them, you know, you wouldn't be in a job. So having it, um, having everything be patient-centered and having everything be the focus of them so that they don't have to you know, go around and figure out different things for, them, for themselves, you um, you can figure out things Because for the system
0: can be such a mystery, exactly. right? Yeah,
1: definitely. So being able to guide them, being able to um, have things prepared for them to where they don't have to go searching around or they don't have to go, you know, from adult medicine then to specialty and then, you know, running around for a referral or, you know, just having the touch points with them and things like that.
0: How many PCMH congresses have you been to?
1: Uh, this will be my third one.
0: Your yeah. third mm-hmm. one. Tell me what you think of PCMH Congress.
1: I love PCMH Congress. Um, it definitely allows you to get to learn from um, other practice sites and other you know, people that are all across this nation. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's so valuable to hear the different things you know, that are going on and to learn from them in terms of, you know, oh, that's something that I didn't think of that I can you know, institute into my healthcare system and that our practices would benefit from. So yeah, it's been really valuable for that.
0: Thank you very much, Thomasine Barnes of New York City Health and Hospitals. Congratulations. Thank you so much. You deserved it. Thank you. Speaking of New York Health and Hospitals, one of their top leaders will join us for Quality Talks 2020. That's coming up in late April. Just look it up on www.qualitytalks.org. Next up, we've got a conversation with Kelsey Keller of Hackensack Meridian Health. Kelsey, tell us first of all about your work.
2: I am transformation lead at Hackensack Meridian Health, and I work with a large number of practices that span the state of New Jersey, where our large clinically integrated network. And we have a team of nine practice facilitators who are out at the practices to make sure that their patient that are medical home and specialty practice recognitions are maintained on an ongoing basis. So something that I had done at the end of last year is I had put together a book based on the annual reporting standards and it had a checklist of what we wanted to collect back from the practices on a monthly, on quarterly and annual basis to make sure that we were really having that touch point to ensure that they were living the uh, the PCMH stream. We do a couple of other check-ins on our own so that this way we know when we come up on annual reporting or the transformation process for those who are going through the transformation process that they are truly adhering to the standards that is a medical home
0: do you suppose that the book is what got you nominated and all this work or <laughs> is it something else
2: so what I would say is I've had a lot of different opportunities to really grow the PCMH program both with the transition from the 20. 20- Uh, 14 to 2017 standards, as well as the new annual reporting process, now PCSP also going through a transition as well, Um, and as an organization we went on to a new EMR relatively recently as well. So we've done a lot of um, work in the EMR, we've done a lot of work with the practices to really make sure that that transition was as seamless as possible and that the um, integrity of the medical home model workflows were really um, kept and preserved. And that really, that took a team that we, it's a small department, but we work at the whole state and um, it's been a really successful venture.
0: The wonderful thing people say about PCMH and the and the patient-centered neighborhood is structure, that it offers structure. But there's something that in this case for CCEs, I think that is less quantifiable in the sense that you also have to be a sort of a spiritual cheerleader, correct? Ooh, okay. Am I correct about that?
2: That is true. Um, Kathy will tell you that I definitely have put go team on many emails to the practice facilitators. Um, but it really does take a team, um, effort. I, every email that we send out to practice managers ends up, you know, thank you for everything that you do. Um, And we really try to recognize we actually have internally a recognition system for peers um, and we try to every month make sure that we're doing that peer recognition to really recognize those that are really being the champions at each practice, the champions within our team, the champions within our leadership, because it takes all of that really coming together in order to have an effective patient-centered medical home uh, model that goes across the network.
0: And practice response to you and to all these changes that keep coming.
2: Uh, they're doing pretty well with it. I mean, change is hard. <laughs> we definitely have our barriers. So, but overall, I think that they feel really supported. Um, us having these roles that are actually out at the practices on a routine basis I think really helps to kind of give the the practices a little bit of a cushion with that change um, because you know as a team we really work hard to break down the changes so that it feels a little bit smaller as opposed to large which is overwhelming and really try to make sure that we have small wins in the process, because those small wins are really a good hook. So if they see that, you know, something that they're doing is being successful, when we're ta- asking them to take a larger leap, <laughs> they're a little bit more willing. Um, and, you know, we do have our challenges, as does any system, as does any practice. But I think also the relationships that we've formed with our practices are invaluable because there's also that trust aspect and, um, that they know that we're not asking because we feel like it, that we're asking because of you know good, solid, evidence-based reasons. And we do also make sure that we explain the why.
0: What is the one key advice point you would give to others who are guiding people through transition and through transformation?
2: Can I do two?
0: You can do two. I'll <laughs> allow two. <laughs> so
2: one would be that you have to have really sound relationships with the practice because if they don't trust you, they're never going to make that leap. Change is really hard, um, and they need to understand that you will be with them for every step of the process. And the second one is having a strong, organized uh, setup before you even approach the practice. So we have a spreadsheet um, that is per per standard per you know criteria what it is that we're going to be looking for. But then we'll talk to the practice to find out what are you currently doing and then work with, with them to slowly get them on the more standardized process because we are a large network that we do try to standardize cross board. But we try to also honor the systems that they have in place and also learn from them because it's possible, especially as we onboard new Praxis, that they have a process that we haven't even thought of yet that might be better than what we're doing now. So it's, it's definitely a two-way street, and I think that's really important for anybody who's working with Praxis to make sure that they have that open communication, that two-way street, and an organized process so that the practice understands here's where we are, here's where we're trying to go, and here's the path to get there. Uh,
0: Our audience uh, knows that we are at PCMH Congress. Uh, Tell them why they should be at PCMH Congress.
2: These are amazing sessions that we've seen here. Um, I mean, truly, we work with a lot of different practices. We've been doing this as an organization for quite a while now. We've done the 2011 standards, the 2014 standards, the 2017. We've done PCSP, diabetes uh, recognition, heart stroke recognition. And yet, I'm still learning so much from the sessions that we have here. Um, and those things that I'm learning are both going to benefit the practices that I work with. And they're also going to help if there's questions from administration or leadership in terms of why are we doing this where is the future going what's we had a great session earlier on return on investment so being able to speak to those things i think just makes you stronger as a cce Um, and also just be able to learn from this national community i mean there's there's organizations here from hawaii from you know new jersey from everywhere in between so it's it's a really amazing thing to be a part
0: of Thank you very much. Kelsey Kelleher, the winner of the CCE Quality Awards for NCQA. I appreciate you.
2: Thank Join you. Us. Thank you very much.
0: And that does it for this episode of Inside Healthcare. Before you go, if you're listening to us on Apple, make sure to give us a rating. That moves us up in the search ratings, and that gets more folks listening to how we're all working to improve healthcare. We'll see you again, no doubt.